Looking to expand your playlist? Well, Fat Lulz Radio has got you covered. Lose your religion with Reverend Jess and Deacon Sam over on the Church Absurd. Hear nerd culture get dissected on the Fickle Fanboy with RPM. Get drunk at the round table with the designated drinkers. Hear solid and interesting interviews on Unseriously Serious. Do you want to get involved? Send your rant over to the League of Infuriated Nerds. Also, check out the Fat Lulz Radio Associated shows. Get your not-safe-for-work talk radio fix on The Robin Slim Show. Get some life advice from Jerry and Cal on From the Bottom. All of these shows and more await you at Fat Moles Radio. You can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, and various podcast apps, as well as our website, fatmolesradio.us. HTTP, not HTTPS. We hope you enjoy the smorgasbord of shows we have prepared for you. Fat Moles Radio, stuff full of entertainment. All right. This, this is very serious actor Matthew McConaughey. And after I'm done drinking my whiskey, I want you to listen to Church Absurd, Fat Laws Radio. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. You need to shut the fuck up. Do you feel blamed? Smoke weed, you man. Do you feel like Wolf Welcome, brothers and sisters, to the third episode. Holy shit, we made it to three episodes. I'm your host, Reverend Jess, joined by... Deacon Sam. Deacon Sam, everybody. Sam, how was your week? It hasn't been too bad, Jess. How was yours? Uh, I was really disappointed that uh, they didn't come in and kill me. Yeah, no, uh, that would have been would have been an interesting turn yeah it definitely would have uh i would have made my night a little bit more interesting and uh i wouldn't have had to fucking deal with intense cleaning because the fucking big bosses were coming in this oh way. yeah i was i was off both days they were supposed to be there so that was nice i finally got my truck back that's right. a plus your truck the truck of cucks everybody <laughs> the edge lord truck yeah it's so the, the danger ranger and then as soon as i get it Break line blows. <laughs> God damn it. Dude, you just got fucked with that car. Hey, change out these brake lines. Soon I'll be danger rangering all over. Alright. Hey, you know, whatever floats your boat. Alright, folks, so we have a special show for you tonight. Uh, basically, uh, we're going to be doing a, a heavy portion of uh, the first segment. Uh, you know it. You love it. I mean, who doesn't? You know, realistically, I mean, it's, it's a good segment. Everybody loves this segment. That's right. It's time for Unholy Beasts and Blasphemous Theories. Unholy Beasts and Blasphemous Theories. If you haven't listened to the show before, which, uh, by the way, uh, we we got up to 23 listens on the second episode. God, that just gets me hard. Right? And we got uh, up to 20 on the first one. So now we have the loyal 23. Yeah. So, you know, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. I grow too messant in anticipation to see how many listens this next one gets. Maybe we'll get up to 30. <laughs> We're taking the world by storm, The folks. dirty 30. Right? Exactly. Uh, so in Holy Base and Blasphemous Theories is where we look at cryptids or conspiracy theories and shit like that. Just the strange shit out there. You know what I'm saying? So uh, this week, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, the character uh, cryptid known as the Black Shuck. The Black Cuck? The Black Shuck. It's also known as the Old Shuck, the Old Shock, or simply Shuck among his friends. You know, Just like, yeah, you could just call me Shuck. You know? <laughs> uh, basically, uh, it's the name given to a ghostly black dog, which is said to roam the coastlines and countrysides of East Anglia, meaning like 
fucking old England and shit like that, right? So, uh, counts of the animal form part of the folklore of Norfolk, Suffolk, and the Cambridgeshire Fens and Ex- and Essex, Essex, as I call it. Oh, yeah. Which is also the name of the file of porn on my computer. Too much information, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, it may derive, the name itself uh, may derive from the old English word skuka, skuka, kaka, kaka lucka ding dong, meaning which, or possibly from the local dialect word shaggy, meaning uh, shaggy or hairy. So basically both of us. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, the beards are real. The beards, uh, the forest of pubic hair. That's right, ladies. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't trim yeah, at all. I. It looks like a 70s afro down there. Sister Christian and I sent a, a selfie to my parents the other day that hadn't seen me in a couple months. Right. <laughs> First thing my dad says is, it's a pretty serious beard you got going on. Right. All I wanted to say back was, you're goddamn right it is. Exactly. And Meanwhile, Sister Christian's just looking at that beard just like fucking... <laughs> right? She's just fucking <laughs> totally getting into it, man. Yeah. She likes her man Harry. She likes her her men reminiscent of Duck Dynasty. <laughs> Although for you it's more of a Cuck Dynasty. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> blow me. Speaking of Duck Dynasty, I do have a quick little interjection about that. We went and made the down payment on our cabin okay. just yet yeah, two days ago. You and Sister Christian. Yes, Sister and, Christian. And I went to and uh, your and your uncle Tom and my uncle Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no relation. <laughs> <laughs> But we went down to a country corner cabins. And you got your Uncle Tom's cabin. We did. We did get our Uncle Tom's cabin. It's How a- fucked up would it be if the actual cabin rental company place was called that? That would be pretty awesome. I'd, I'd honestly want to go to them just solely for that fact. <laughs> That'd be so fucked up. It's like, like the big-ass fan company. Right. Like you, you might not need a gigantic fan, but you see that and you're just like, I fucking want one of those. Right. But, uh, you ever see that building that's a giant basket? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the fucking ugliest building ever. I don't doubt it. I had a fucking, uh, I don't know, he was a, uh, I can't call him my grandfather, because like, he, uh, he was just some dude that my grandmother married, and uh, he was like obsessed with fucking baskets. And he showed me a picture of that fucking basket building once. He was like, oh, we went there, we got a tour. And I'm like, I don't give that's a shit. That's fucking cool. I'm like, eight, I'm like eight years old. I'm like, I don't fucking give a shit, man. <laughs> Here's my iPod with like 50 gigabytes of Pokemon porn. Right. The future is now. Rule 34, bitch. <laughs> you want some basket porn? I can find that. <laughs> yeah. The internet's a very wide and dark place. Right. His name was Jerry. He fucked Jerry. I hate yeah. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, fuck you if you're listening to this. Fuck you and your baskets. But either way, the uh, the cabin we were looking at, they said they still had it on the lot. And uh, it, they were donating it to Duck Dynasty because Duck Dynasty had apparently been wanting to make a movie out here in eastern Kentucky. They had a 1,700-acre plot. Can we just say stay the fuck in Louisiana, Willie Roberts? Yeah, just stay Robertson, down there. Swiss Family Robertson or whatever the fuck. But they were going to, uh, you know, they were doing it for the exposure they'd get for their company and whatnot. But uh, oh, because because there's one thing that people in Kentucky don't fucking have, and that's duck commander shit. Yeah, right. And cabins. I don't. I only see it every five fucking feet in this area. But yeah, no, we uh, they're like, yeah, we still got it down here. And we get down to the lot, there's like, oh, we uh, we don't still have it down here. I was like, that's kind of disappointed. I wanted to take something for the Duck Dynasty people. Because their movie fell through. It never went through. Well, yeah. I mean, the show got canceled <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, no. It's yeah. still just... Don't cough on camera or on fucking microphone. Hey, I, turn, I turn my head. I'm That's sorry. That's not professional, it's, Sam. It's all the dick I've been sucking. I'm sorry. Exactly. All right. We're seven minutes in. Let's fucking start talking all about right, yeah. the black cuck. 
Alright, so he's one of the men, many ghostly dogs recorded across the British Isles. So basically, these British fuckers, uh, they just look and, and they're just seeing ghostly dogs everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, like, hey, I mean, if you're going to see a ghost, it might as well be a dog, right? Because who doesn't love dogs? Yeah, I'd try to pet it, right? <laughs> You'd be really depressed when your hand goes through it. It's like, oh, my hand's, in, I'm fisting this dog now. Right? That's fucked up. <laughs> 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 There's some websites devoted to that, but yeah. <laughs> and Sam has a membership. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but in all honesty, like uh, the fucking the idea of like here's my question: If the ghostly dog, if a ghost dog fucking like tries to bite you, does it even do you even feel it? I mean, because like you know how like spirits can fucking like hurt you. You know what I mean? There's fucking evidence where it's like you know on fucking Ghost Adventures, that cringy ass TV show. You know Zach Baggins is going on about fucking. Oh, I feel something. Oh my god, I feel like an intense heat. And then you see fucking scratches down his back. And meanwhile, it's probably from the dude he was hanging out with the night before. But you know, yeah. Uh, but, but like, is it possible that a ghost dog could fucking like bite the shit out of you? And, like, is there some kind of supernatural peanut butter you could put on your genitals and maybe feel it lick it off? That would feel weird, man. That would feel weird. Would ghost, it leave like spit ghost or tongue or on your, like ectoplasm all over your dick? A ghost tongue on your balls, like that'd be weird. That'd be a strange. Can you erotic. imagine a ghost cat's tongue on your balls? Oh God, because because cats' tongues. Yeah, are the just, cats got rough tongues, man. Exactly, man. Fuck yeah, make you lose some sensitivity down there. All right, so basically, <laughs> <laughs> going back to what we were talking about. Uh, fucking uh, the earliest fucking description of these devilish black hounds is an account of an incident in the Peterborough Abbey. <laughs> Peterborough Abbey. Mm, yes. Recorded in the Peterborough Chronicle, one version of the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, around the year 1127. So this thing's pretty fucking old in terms of cryptids. You know. Yeah, that is. And like, uh, it says, uh, this is fucking, this has to be like, you know, more modernized but oh yeah let no one be surprised at the truth of what we are about to relate for it was common knowledge throughout the whole country that immediately after it was the sunday when they sing blah blah fucking blah the huntsmen were black huge and hideous and rode on black horses and on black he goats he goats yeah and the hounds were jet black with eyes like saucers and horrible well at least they're not bright fucking red yeah get a point there that's so that's different from the rest of the uh, cryptids usually yeah exactly besides bigfoot as we already covered right and the, this was seen in the very deer park of the town of peterborough and all in all of the woods that stretch from the same town to stamford and in the night the monks heard them sounding and winding their horns reliable witnesses reliable how do you test that? I don't know. Was it the lead makeup they were wearing that was making them see these things? Or? <laughs> That's my question. Like, how do you fucking call somebody reliable? Like, and they're lucky this was 1127. If this was 1653, they'd probably be burning these people. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, you saw this? You're a witch. Like, no, I saw the witch. No, you're the witch, too. Right? Uh, they have kept watch in the night, declared that there might well have been as many as 20 or 30 of them winding their horns as near they could tell. So, like, 20 or 30 of them. So, it's like a whole fucking pack of these things. You know what I mean? And there's, like, uh, like you look at this thing, and they, there's a long fucking Wikipedia article about this, and it just goes into all different types of shit. And it's all the same shit. They all just see them in the distance and everything like that. No one's ever close to them. And it's just a typical fucking black dog story. Yeah. And, like, uh, here's what it's God, there's so much fucking old English in this goddamn <laughs> article. 
All down the church in mist of fire the hellish monster flew, and passing onward to the choir, he many people shoo. Right. Uh, the scorch marks on the doors are referred to by the locals as the devil's fingerprints. They attribute the event to the devil. They call the animals the devil in such a likeness. So basically it's the same idea as like hellhounds and shit. Yeah. Which, I mean, if I'm the devil, I'm not going to fucking take the form of a dog. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to fucking scare some people. You know what I mean? Like, you know, number one, it, it would suck because I don't, I don't exist. But, you know. like hey, Some people are afraid of dogs, man. Every black person my pit bull approaches, they're just... Even if a white person's standing next to them painting the black person's like, oh, that's so cute. Oh, get it away from me. No. So you're trying to lick me. Oh, hell no. Your dog's unintentionally racist is what you're saying? No, no. My dog loves everybody. The black people are racist of the pit bulls. Really? Oh, yeah, no. We were in Lowe's. There was a black woman walking with a white woman. The white woman stops, pets my pit bull. My pit bull is very sweet to everybody, wants to meet everybody. The white woman's just loving all over the dog, you know, hugging the dog, kissing the dog. My dog goes to sniff and lick the black woman's hands, and the black woman just immediately pulls back like, oh, hell no. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's a... I don't know, maybe... I mean, there is a lot of reports out there about pit bulls attacking. I mean, I'm, I'm not... Well, I mean, I'm, if they were raising... Like, I could see if it was like a German Shepherd or like a usual police dog. Right, maybe. especially like German Shepherds, because, you know, they have Nazi blood in them. <laughs> yeah. German, uh, that, that, put that on a bumper sticker, folks. German shepherds have fucking Nazi blood in them. <laughs> I'm sounding like Alex Jones up here, but I'm, I'm, I'm declaring it right now. German shepherds, Nazi blood confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, basically, what you're saying is like, you know, uh, it's just it, Lola, which is the name of your dog. Uh, she has essentially become a victim of other poor pit bulls examples yes she has hashtag not all pit bulls everybody yep <laughs> remember that hashtag heil pitler right uh so <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck dude really <laughs> you expect me to keep that in i mean i'm going to <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> obviously you're going to but... <laughs> right oh my god uh, shock value Heil Pitler. Wow. That's a Mr. Pickles reference. Yeah. All right. You still haven't watched it, have you? Uh, no. In all honesty, I mean, you know me. I'm kind of boycotting Adult Swim mostly, you know, so I can't yeah. I can't bring myself to do it. Uh, okay, so there's a there's a section here called Hauntings of Littleport. Um, <laughs> Littleport. <laughs> that's, what my, that's what my uncle called my asshole. No, I'm kidding. Aww. I'm kidding. Aww. Oh, shit. Uh, Littleport, Cambridgeshire. God, all these fucking English towns. <laughs> they sound so quaint and They England-y. sound so fucking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like hobbits are going to pass through it on the way to fucking Mordor. <laughs> uh, they're home to two different legends of spectral black dogs, which have been linked to the black shuck folklore, but differ in significant aspects. Uh, local folklorist W.H. Barrett relates the story of a huge black dog haunting the area after being killed, rescuing a local girl from a lustful friar in pre-Reformation times. Oh, no kidding. A friar tried to fuck a kid? Really? Oh, hey. Who'd have thunk it? You know, all I'm saying is history repeats itself, folks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck the Catholic Church. Anyway. Uh, while fellow folklorist Enid Porter relates stories of a black dog haunting the A-10 road after its owner drowned in nearby river Great Ouse, 
house, mouse, cows. I don't fucking know. How out brown cow. Right, exactly. In the 1800s. So basically, it's a thing of like, its owner drowned. So it's just like hanging out like after it died. Or, dude, what if it's like the saddest story ever? Like the fucking owner drowned and the dog just sort of like hung out until it fucking died of starvation. And now it's just hanging out waiting for like ghost dude to come out of the fucking water and people see it and get scared and there's like oh my god a ghost dog tried to kill me it right. latched onto the roof of my car and he's just trying to hump your leg a little you yeah, know? he was just trying to hump a little maybe give you maybe give you a lick he just wants the lipstick on you the ghostly blue lipstick <laughs> <laughs> oh shit oh man so there was a possible exhumation uh in may 2014 a large dog was excavated at least an abbey and was linked to the legend of the black shuck Carbon dating of the bones indicated a date of either 1650 to 1690, 1730 to 1810, or post-1920. Really? Yeah, okay, that's pretty accurate. But, like, here's my thing, like, there's three different dates, and each one is, like, a hundred years apart, and it's like... <laughs> it's like... Carbon dating was a little better than it's that. Like when, it's like after 9-11 when these fucking, like, politicians would come out and just be like, I don't know where, I don't know when, but something awful is going to happen. Thank you, no further questions, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. basically, this guy came out, they did the carbon dating, and they're just like, we're fucking looking at the bones of a dog. Like, I went to fucking Oxford for this. I have a know? doctorate, goddammit. Right? And he's I'm just, not supposed to be... Doing Doing this this isn't my job right and he's just like he fucking comes out and speaks on record he's just like um it's either from before jesus or uh from two weeks ago thank yeah, you there you, you know what i mean go. you cunts you know what i mean like that's that's what he did he just fucking walked out gave no shits and Peta had some kind of peace at that point right uh <laughs> east anglian poet and songwriter martin newell why is it always the songwriters that get featured in these things we have the fucking dude from the radio talking about the, dog the dogman man, right? <laughs> fucking we had all the propaganda for the lizard man now we have this fucking poet talking about the ghost dog of eastern england He's like, the odd thing is that people today still claim sightings of Black Dog. While researching my own project, I was surprised at how seriously the story was taken, especially in the north of the region. Ah, you're writing about that now, are you? A Norfolk shock shopkeeper asked me. Well, be careful. Right? So like, there's a huge cover-up about the Black Dog. You know, it's just behind nine eleven. Don't don't dig too deep, folks, <laughs> because you'll find some horrible secrets. Something that will keep you fucking awake at night, just thinking about the black dog. One local woman told me that she'd seen a black shuck early one summer morning in the nineteen fifties near Cromer, when returning from a dance. A Suffolk man said he'd seen the dog one evening on the marshes near Felix Stowe. A later, I later read an old newspaper story of an encounter in Essex. The account was given of a midwife who had been cycling home after a delivery during the 1930s. One winter's night, she claimed she was followed by the creature through the lanes near Tolls Hunt Darcy. <laughs> they can't just give it like a fucking like Main Street, you know what I mean? <laughs> it has to sound like fucking Downton Abbey, <laughs> you know? Gotta be some fancy shit. She added that the dog was huge, and no matter how fast she pedaled, it seemed to effortlessly keep up with her. Yeah, it's a fucking dog, and it's a huge dog. They can run fast. Yeah, they can fucking gallop. Yeah, they got especially the big ones. Have you ever seen it, like an actual full-grown Irish wolfhound? That and a fucking Great Dane and shit like that. Them fuckers can go. Yeah, the Irish wolfhound will stand up as tall as you or me, and you know, we're both over six foot. She goes, the apparition which remained silent throughout, then suddenly vanished. Okay, well I've told I I grew up with fucking five dogs okay and i can't tell you how many times they fucking ran behind me silently 
right? Yeah. Just chasing after me. Didn't fucking bark, didn't like, <laughs> or anything like that. Just running. Right? Because they were fucking basset hounds. You would think they would at least, like, fucking pant, but they didn't. So, I mean, that's not that natural. And then suddenly vanished. Okay, so you're telling me she never broke contact, like, eye contact with this fucking dog? She rode and looked at it behind her the whole time. Exactly. And, like, meanwhile, fucking trucks are going by her. You know, you know what I mean? And she just fucking gets run off the road. I I mean, like, like, there's a good chance she looked up for a second and the thing fucking veered off to the right or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can turn my back for all of five seconds and Lola just disappears into the woods and won't won't come back until I call her for ten minutes. The account was given by a midwife who had been cycling home after a delivery. So, theoretically, it was at night, yeah, right. And if it's a black fucking dog, if it goes off into the dis, like the fucking bushes, you're not going to see where the fucking thing went. Yeah, you know what I mean. But either way, uh, do you think the fucking black shuck's real? Do you? I don't know. Maybe. I maybe. Who knows? Let us know your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. Fucking go to our fa- fat little Facebook page and comment on this fucking episode. Do whatever you want, folks. In fact, send us dildos with your answer wrapped around them. Who P- cares? P.O. Box 1235, Campton, Kentucky, 41301. <laughs> <laughs> Checked once a month. <laughs> have, uh, have we checked it yet? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, All right. We'll, we'll check it soon. Yeah. I, I, which is funny because at the post office, checking my post office box, because uh, Sister Blazit had a fucking delivery of uh, fucking vape juice. All right, so this next fucking segment is going to be pretty fucking special. And I'll tell you why. It's the first time we're going to be calling somebody for the fucking show besides my mother. Right? All right. And this yeah. has to do with the topic. Uh, we're going to call a good friend of mine, someone I've been friends with for a very long time. Her name is Liz, okay? And she has a story she would like to share with us. So we're going to get her on the phone now. Hello? Hi, Liz. Hey, man. How's it going? Hey, you know, the usual. Uh, just sitting here. <laughs> you are now live on the Church Absurd. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, so you said that you have a, a ghost story for us. I've got two I could tell. You tell me which one you'd like. I've got a Ouija board-related one, and the other one's kind of like a shadow person story. Okay. Which one do you want to hear, Sam? Let's hear shadow person. Let's hear the shadow person, because I've been reading a lot of John Dies at the end lately, and they've been talking about shadow... Oh, okay. Yeah, they've been talking about shadow person a lot. In all honesty, I kind of want to hear both, <coughs> mainly because, like, this is a podcast. We're not fixed for time or anything. Yeah, no, I can oh, definitely well, go I for can definitely both. both, then. Fuck yeah, dude. Take it, you're, you'll take us into <laughs> our first break, so, yeah, definitely. All right, so, uh, yeah, shadow person. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Liz to the show. Uh, she's going to tell you about a fucking shadow person, everybody. So, so Liz, go for it. This fucking shadow person, what's the first thing I'll say that's kind of interesting about this. Um, it's my mom's story, and this was about 15 years ago, so before the internet was big and you could go online and like read that there were other people seeing things like this. Fuck yeah, yeah. And my mom certainly didn't have access to the internet at that point, the and she didn't really make stuff up or anything like that. And, uh, you know, she told me this story, and I was like 15 or 16, and then years later when I got online and would go on Reddit and read these stories, the similarities were really strange. So that always kind of added a little bit more weirdness to the story. Yeah, so are, are, you a, are you a firm believer in the paranormal? Yeah, I am. I, I kind of go back and forth on it, you know? Like, sometimes I think, oh, there's nothing out there. But I've had so many weird things over the years that I just kind of choose to believe in it, I guess. Yeah. Okay, well, um, you know, is there, like, certain things you do buy, some things that you don't buy? Like, are you kind of, like, you know, like... like for Yeah, you- I kind of go, like, if I hear somebody tell a story, I mean, I, I look for the basic, like, if there's any kind of logical fallacy involved, um, you know, if 
certain details contradict, so I kind of take it on a case by case basis. Okay, what about things uh, like yeah. what about things like possession and stuff like that? Um, that's something where I think it could be a little bit of both. I think some some situations where possession happens, it's like schizophrenia that's been un undiagnosed. Uh, other times, there's so much weird stuff going on where like there's or you know other people are involved or whatever. Yeah. And I think it straight up, you know, another being has entered a person. So yeah, right on. Yeah, the, the reason I'm asking is uh, to basically point out to the listeners that you're not a you know do or die believer. You know, you 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 are skeptical on some things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd say at the end of the day, I go case by case basis. You know, I've heard stories from people, and I just know right off the bat they're lying, or I I can just kind of sense that they're lying. So that's kind of how I approach that that kind of stuff. Right on. Fantastic. Okay, so continue with the uh, shadow person. So to kind of make this a shorter version, um, this happened, I would say, sometime after the summer of 2001. Okay. And that year was a terrible year in my family. We had a lot of deaths in the family. A lot of stuff was going on, my mom and dad. So there was kind of like a bad vibe in the house, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Uh, but mostly external stuff. So that I kind of think that had to do with what happened. And uh, my mom didn't tell me about this until about a year had passed because it scared her so bad. Okay. And so what happened was after this, you know, these series of deaths in the family, uh, my mom usually slept out in our living room on the couch. And for whatever reason, one night she decided she was going to go sleep in the master uh, bedroom in the back of the house. Okay. So that was one thing that was kind of weird. Just she just so happened to go back here this night. And the way that room set up, uh, the bed is against the one wall. There are two windows, and the one window that you'd be seeing if you're, like, lying in bed, there's always a little bit of light coming through it, because there's a shopping center maybe half a mile from the house. Okay. Okay? And I'll also tell you, I'm in the house that this happened in right now, which is, uh, I'm, I was going to go back in that room, but I'm so paranoid about telling this story in that room. That, that I might dig something up. Yeah. yeah. Just, you never know. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, anyhow, so that's kind of the setup of the room. So, she went back there, nothing out of the ordinary, was not asleep. Now, a lot of people I've told this story to, they're like, oh, she was just dreaming. So she had not fallen asleep yet, but she was lying there in the dark, and she had her glasses off. And she turned away from the wall towards the side of the room with the uh, window, and she saw this figure standing in front of the window like a shadow. Yeah. And she doesn't have her glasses on, and I used to just prank my mom relentlessly. Okay? So <laughs> yeah, always fun. I had, like, a cloak from a Halloween uh, costume I had. So the first thing, she's not even scared. She goes, okay, it's Liz being an asshole. Yeah. She's got her cloak on. So she says something, and it's not me, okay? And uh, she puts her glasses on to kind of see what it is. And when she puts her glasses on, what she observes is it's like a six-foot-tall figure. And at first she had thought there was like a, um, you know, like a cloak draped over it. Because it was kind of like the shape of a human. Like she could kind of see a head. And then shoulders, but, like, no arms. Like, it just went straight to the ground, like, a, a you know, a drape was over it. Yeah. And so that was the first thing she noticed. And the second thing she said that it, the first thing that came to her mind was the word shade. Yeah. Like, it's, she wasn't seeing a ghost. She wasn't seeing a human. It was something that was just black, colorless. She said there was no dimension to it. Huh. So, you know, like, if I were to put on, like, a black cloak and stand in a corner, you could see, like, you know, the outline, or there'd be, like, yeah. uh, wrinkles in the fabric. Yeah, some she kind said of there definition was no dimension to, it. to this whatsoever. Yeah, there would okay? be, like Sam said, there would be some sort of definition to it or what have you. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing like that, and no dimension. And as she looked at it, 
the uh, border of it started to ripple. Like, there's almost like there's electricity flowing through it. And she told me she was not scared. She didn't feel like, oh, no, this is an evil spirit. She said she was just, you know, like, what am I looking at? Yeah. And uh, just again, a, go, a full-on, like, what the fuck moment, you know? Yeah, like, what am I looking at, you know? And she knew it wasn't, like, a person, so she wasn't afraid, you know, it's like an intruder or whatever. And we live in a, in a pretty small town, so it's not something that goes on. And so, I mean, the, the thing that always killed me about this story, it's like, it's not like it was a dream she woke up, saw something, poof, it's gone. She sat up in bed, she put her glasses on, was, like, leaning towards it, like, what's going on? And she said, as she paid it more attention and was, like, you know, focusing on it, it started to develop features. Really? And it started to, like, she said that um, arms, like, came out of it, so I don't even know how to really explain it. She said all of a sudden there were arms. Like, it, like, materialized it, out of the black mass? Yeah. Wow. Like, all of a sudden it's got arms, and that it, it um, not quite beckoned to her, but, like, waved at her, like, hey, 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 like, you know, like, look over here. <laughs> like Kermit the Frog? It was like, yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Notice yeah, like, me, Senpai, hey, notice me. Hey, look at me, I'm me. fucked up. Right, he was just, you know, like so, Sam said, he was, notice me, senpai, notice me, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that, she said that's when she realized, and this is what she said her instinct was, that, like, if she were to acknowledge it anymore, pay it any attention, interact with it, it was going to turn into something. Yeah. And she did not, that's when she kind of got scared, cause she didn't know what, you know, it was going to be good or bad. Yeah. So she ran out of the room, okay? And my dad uh, was awake, and this is, like, real early in the morning, and uh, she goes, hey, uh, <laughs> there's something back there. And my dad's like, what the fuck, you know, and he goes back to look at it, and there's nothing back there. And he doesn't believe, you know, not that he didn't believe her, he's like, oh, you know, you're mad. She's like, no, she's like, I was wide awake, I hadn't been sleeping, you know, it's not like she woke up or sleep paralysis or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, totally natu the natural response would be like, oh, you were just half asleep, still dreaming, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, naturally. Oh, okay. I mean, that's... So the other thing I'll say about that story, like a couple little, and, and this may or may not have anything to do with it. And I, I can actually send this to you guys if I can track it down. Um, that same year, she went around the house taking pictures for insurance. You know, like if, whenever you uh, get a policy or whatever they want you to take pictures of the stuff in the house. Uh, I forget what the word for that is. Um, to actuate the price or whatever. Yeah. So she'd gone through the house. She took pictures of, you know, the computer and the furniture and everything. The picture she took in that room, there is like some kind of mist in the picture. No shit. <laughs> yeah, and now, again, again, that's something, like, when I get to that stuff, that's where I'm like, ah, that could be, that could have been anything. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, um, naturally, you know, people, like, people say, oh, you know, I see an orb in this video or whatever, and it's yeah, just Yeah, no, this is, like, a full-blown, and like I said, I'll try to find, I think it's on the table here somewhere, I'll try to send it to you guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the first weird thing that happened, and then the second thing is that was the room she eventually died in. Oh, that's, uh, oh, wow. wow. Last year. That's okay. fucking spooky, man. Sorry to hear yeah. about that. Yeah, my and, condolences for that. Oh no, I, I yeah, I appreciate it. But she, her and I talked. She she'd had cancer and you know was sick for a while, and it was very you know brave about facing her death. And so we had a lot of discussions you know towards the end of her life. I mean, theoretically, I, she kind of stared death right in the fucking face that night. You know uh, what I mean? I mean that's kind of like it, it, the reason. You know, the fact that there were all these deaths in the family we, when she saw that kind of makes me think that's. Something has to do with it, you know. Well, I mean, you know, the idea is that uh, you know, like the the myth of shadow people is like they they kind of prey on bad energy, you know, and they feed yeah. off of it and stuff like that. And like when you're dealing with a lot of death at one point, you go into like serious depressed mode where you just like oh yeah, theoretically well, that's, yeah, that's exactly what was going on. In yeah, family I mean theoretically you would have yeah, I mean you would have like nothing but fucking negative energy at that point. You know what I mean? It's hard yeah. to find joy in anything. All right, so we're gonna be right back on the church absurd. We have an ad 
coming up. This is for an album that Falsco is releasing. Okay, it's fantastic. It's going to be a fantastic little album. It's Scott Stapp sings the '90s. Falsco, tell us all about it. Hey, do you miss the '90s? Me too. I'm so tired of living in this decade that I decided that I was going to put together a fantastic compilation of 90s music. That's right, Scott Stapp sings the 90s. It comes with a fantastic collection of songs, including Aerosmith's I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, baby. And I don't want to miss a thing. Wow, do you remember that song? I do. Well, not only does it come with that, but it comes with another fantastic acoustic ballad, Oasis' is Wonderwall. Guy. Does this CD come with any other tracks besides acoustic ballads? Well, it does. Scott took the time to sing Smash Mouth's fantastic song, All Star. Hey now, you're an all star. Get your arms wide open. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on open. All that glitters is higher. Only shooting stars. Arms wide open. And if you want things to get naughty, be sure to check out Scott Stapp's fantastic cover of Pony by Genuine. If you're horny, let's do it. Riding on my pony, my saddle's waiting, my arms are wide open. So be sure to order your copy of Scott Stapp Sings the 90s today. Available from False Co. Records, especially on cassette tapes and A-tracks. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Church Absurd. Uh, as you remember before the break, first, uh, Sam, are you going to go buy that album? <laughs> Obviously. Right? Who, how can I mean, you not? I mean, Scott Stapp is a legend. Growing up in the 90s, it really does bring back a lot of nostalgia for me, especially in the shitty age of music that 2018 and 2017 is. Right? But I, I, would, I, I need it. I would take Stapp over Bieber any oh, day. any day at all. Yeah, and Bieber can just go and love himself. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bieber can go and fuck himself. Exactly. All right, so before the break, we had Liz on the phone. Liz is still on the phone, and she had a, she said she had another story for us, so she's going to share that story with us right now. And this story has to do with Ouija, you said. Yes. Okay. Uh, Fantastic. First incarnation of the Ouija board. Like, like first incarnation, so like, you know, like made out of like tree roots and fucking, you know. Well, Parker Brothers, first Parker wood. Brothers, oh, or the, whatever, whoever the, the hell mass produces it. The first Parker Brothers, okay. You know, I like to think that the Parker Brothers are fucking full-on, like, satanic overlords. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, who who else makes a game like the game of life? You know what I mean? Oh, man. And, like, you, you work all day, and the only goal is to retire and die. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's, that's fucked up, dude. All right, so. All right, Liz, go ahead and tell us about your Ouija board story. Okay, so this is also a story of my mother's. I have a short mini story I can tie in at the end of it that kind of links back up with everything. Hey, the more the um, merrier. Honestly, you're, oh, gi you're giving us. <laughs> you are giving us fucking gold here, Liz. You really excellent, are. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, a little frame to this story. Um, I used to be a professor at Kent State, and this story takes place at Kent State. And every year around Halloween, if I had a class, I'd tell them this story. 
And I had kids, and it, maybe I'm building up too much, but I had kids freak out after I tell them this. Yeah. And because, it, you know, it was where they were living and everything. So this is an old favorite of mine to tell. So uh, my mom went to Kent State. My mom and dad both went to Kent State in the 1960s and 70s. And they were actually there during the shooting. I was going to say, know, they've got a, I was going to say, bad time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, bad time Dude, for everybody. Different, yeah, so different they, times. they were there for all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So the this takes place long before any of that stuff happened. Um, so my mom, let me think here, she would have been a sophomore, I believe, when this happened. So she moved into a dorm her sophomore year, and it's still standing. It's still a dorm. It's called Engelman Hall. And this uh, dormitory, it's one of the older ones on campus. There are ones that are older, but this is the only one that still has kids in it. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple weird things about it. Like, it's shaped almost like a W. Hmm. So when you're in it, this can get very disorienting. Like, you think you're going one way, then all of a sudden, like, the, you know, walls will, like, go to 90-degree angle the other way. Yeah. So it's just kind of a weird place. Yeah. And I've heard other stories about it over the years, but those are the kind that are, like, oh, you know, a co-ed was murdered and blah, blah, blah. That I don't even know if there's any truth behind it or not. So right. it, it has kind of a weird vibe to it. Yeah, it's just, I mean, so it's, my, it's it's ripe for, you know, just you know, yeah, random stories. Yeah, it's covered in ivy. Like, you get the idea there's an old uh, weird little fountain, like, a with a lion's head on it. So there's a lot of weird stuff about the place, period. That's fucking weird. So, <laughs> you know, it's, I used to go there and hang out to freak myself out. Um, there tend to be a lot of suicides there, even when I was in school in the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like a causation correlation thing there's a lot of uh, single dorms there yeah so, well yeah, i mean if there's if, if there's a lot of suicides there maybe logan paul can go there and record a vlog <laughs> yeah, there. And get, you know get, get ready with his uh, camera yeah exactly i think i see someone hanging over there yeah <laughs> anyway so, yeah kind of a weird place yeah <laughs> so uh my mom was there her sophomore year and they had a program at the time where like you could be in a cohort so to speak and you'd be in like a wing of the place yeah and but you'd stay in the same place all four years of college okay and my mom moved in with these girls and they were older than her they were all seniors and uh, they were in one wing and then a girl that had lived with them about four years prior so it would have been their freshman year she was at the other end of the hall yeah and the thing with her you know my mom basically was taking her spot um she'd lived with them and had gone to a uh mental asylum for two years yeah. and had just gotten out yeah. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoa. Welcome back to college. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom comes into this weird situation, and uh, the very beginning, you know, she moves in. These girls are really nice, and she was asking, kind of like, you know, well, you know, whose spot did I take or whatever, you know, because she's younger than all of them. And they said, oh, that girl down the hall, don't talk to her. She's really weird. Some really crazy shit happened, you know, two or three years ago. You want nothing to do with her. Stay away from her. Yeah. Okay. And she's like, well, what happened? And they're like, oh, you, know, you won't believe us. Well, my mom feels really bad for this girl. And apparently when she'd been, you know, a freshman, like when she'd originally lived with these other chicks, she'd been like a normal looking girl, normal size, uh, no drugs. Like, and this would have been like in the early 60s with, with this group of girls. Yeah. So there wasn't any kind of like underlying thing they know of at least that right. would have contributed to this. Yeah. Well, when she came back that year, she was like 100 pounds. Oh, and it just looked like shit and just, you know, on all this medication and everything. And I mean, back then, you know, mental health wasn't what it is now. Yeah, they you usually just, up to, yeah, they dig you and they dig into your brain and just leave you in a corner for a year. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. So she, you know, not had an easy time. But my mom felt really bad for her. And she kind of said something to her one day, like, hey, how's it going? And this girl was really defensive because she knew who she lived with. And uh, the girl was basically like, you don't want to be friends with me. You know, I know you're friends with those other girls. What they tell you about me, they're going to tell you all this weird stuff. 
and you won't want to be friends with me, blah, blah, blah. And my mom's like, what is going on? You know, what, you know, you guys are saying something weird happened. And this girl's like, well, you go back and you ask them. And uh, when they tell you what happened, you see if you still want to be friends with me or talk to me or whatever. So finally, my mom gets it out of one of these girls she lives with, you know, what happened. And they tell her this story. So again, two or three years before, they all move in together. No weird shit whatsoever. Everyone, everyone's getting along really well. You know, everything's good. And somebody brings over a Ouija board around Halloween. Okay. Of not, course. Not this girl that ended up going crazy. One of the other girls brought it in. Yeah, but of course they brought it around, you know, Halloween. Because, you know, yeah, you know no, yeah, one, like no one says, yeah, no one says like, oh, it's Arbor Day. Let's grab a, let's grab a Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway. So uh, they, they're sitting around, they're playing with it. And it starts going batshit. It starts saying all kinds of weird stuff, like really accurate stuff. And, you know, some of the girls are like, this is great. And other ones are like, oh, it's the devil, you know, and get rid of it. And the girl who bought it was so freaked out that she said, look, I don't want this thing in my room. You know, one of all you guys can take it. I, it's, I'm done with it. So this girl that eventually goes crazy is like, oh, it seems pretty cool. I'll take it. So she takes it back to her room. And, you know, it kind of goes on for a while. Like a couple of the girls would come out. But it, you know, became like a daily thing. Like, oh, let's play with it and see what kind of crazy stuff it says. All right. One day it just spells out send nudes. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's what my so, yeah, so that's what my Ouija board like told me once, and I was really disturbed. <laughs> Had you give in? Yeah. Uh, oh boy. You know, I had did you to. send nudes to the Ouija board? Like, do you just yeah. lay your dick on it or something? Exactly. Okay. It, it, and I heard a snapshot. You know, so I was, <laughs> I was really ah, oh, they screenshotted you, right? Damn Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so go on, go on. So they're like playing with it, you know, and and little by little, everyone kind of starts getting freaked out. Naturally. And this thing starts telling her to do things like um, weird little things like, okay, wear the yellow sweater on Tuesday and Johnny will take you on a date. And so she'd wear the yellow sweater on Tuesday and Johnny take her on a date, you know. <laughs> and um, little things like that start. And again, everyone still kind of thinks it's neat, but again, no one else wanted to get in as deep as she did. Yeah. Well, supposedly the first weird thing, like really weird thing that started happening is she started to affect um, electrical appliances like anything she'd use would break or like sparks would come out of it again who knows that could be a coincidence but it was pretty noticeable i guess yeah was, it's kind of weird would work around her. yeah yeah it's kind of weird one of those red yeah flags. And it seemed to be again be like linked to this girl that's playing with this thing all the time yeah and then things get really crazy and now this is the kind of thing where like i stop you know with the try to apply logic to the situation um either this was a great really great prank on my mom where all these girls were in on it. Or, Pretty epic prank. I, like, it's really hard to figure out where, if, if, if this is a lie, where it's coming from. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Supposedly, she starts speaking a foreign language, okay? No one knows what the hell it is. She can speak it. She can play guitar all of a sudden. Like, one night they're all in the dorm lounge. Somebody's got a guitar. She's like, hey, let me see that. And starts playing this Romanian folk song and singing. Okay. okay? In Romanian? She can... Yeah, and they later on figured out that's what it was, because she would write it, too. She would write all this stuff, you know, would kind of go into a trance and start writing, and this, like, Romanian language would come out. So because they had the writing, they were able to take it to a professor at Kent State and say, well, what language is this? Because no one, no one there spoke it or knew. I mean, it'd be different if it was French or German. Yeah. You know, you might have somebody in the dorm that speaks it. Yeah. Well, they go to this professor, and he's like, yeah, this is like a um, Roma, you know, like uh, the Ro Romani people yeah. in Romania. Uh, and it, but it's a really old dialect, and he translated it. 
And what it said was this beautiful poetry about a woman losing her child. And it was like, where is my child? Where is my child? All this stuff. Wow. And he said, he's like, this is like high level poetry in Romanian. And again, there was, was some other dialect, but that's, you know, the root language it was. Yeah. Well, at that point, everyone's like, get, don't. Something's clearly a, a, a individual spirit is coming through this thing. I think we should we should stuff. call tech support. Uh, <laughs> yeah. call, on Parker call the Brother. Parker Brothers real quick. Hey Parker <laughs> Brothers, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Are you guys Romanian by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. maybe the kid in the sweatshop that made it was Romanian. Yeah, yeah the kid in the sweatshop. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so like so literally, she's just. Full on writing, just perfect Romanian. Yeah. No, yeah, perfect Romanian. And again, it was some kind of crazy dialect because you know there's all these different dialects. And he said it was very, it was like Sorry. 17th century or something like that. So she kind of started to be able to piece together, you know, kind of like a life, the life history of this spirit or whatever was coming through to her. <laughs> well, it starts getting really nasty then. Like it starts telling her to do really weird stuff, and no one thinks it's cool anymore, and no one wants to hear about, you know. The, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. So she starts kind of getting isolated by these girls. Now, like I said, they were in a wing together, but they had individual rooms. Naturally. And yeah. she starts getting really strange, doing lots of weird stuff. Um, her mom and dad aren't hearing from her. She's not, not going to classes anymore. And it gets to the point where no one's seen her in a couple of days. But, you know, again, because she kind of been pushing people away, no one was really checking. Yeah. And I, I forget if it was... I think that they just found this. I don't think anyone called... One of the RAs was walking down this uh, wing, and they saw water coming out from under her door. And they opened the door, and she's been in there for like three or four days, hasn't eaten anything, uh, has covered the walls in her own shit, and went and took all of like uh, paper towels, stuffed up the showers, stuffed up the sink, uh, they had little kitchenettes in them, stuffed that up, and ran all the water, and all the water was like flooding out the room. She's the wet. She she's part of the wet bandits. God damn it. God damn it, Jess. I'm sorry. The audience is the audience is probably freaked the fuck out right now. I have to I have to quell the mood a little bit, you know what I mean? I, mean, I was just gonna say finals are a bitch sometimes. Yeah, but, you, you know, know. I mean let me tell you, when I was at Ohio State, you know, I mean my finals were coming along and I was like better rub the walls with my own shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. And you're a professor, you know. You're, yeah, just, you're just like, okay, for your homework tonight, I want you to study chapters four and five, and uh, you know what? Just go ahead and rub the walls with your shit, you know? <laughs> it's really soothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. That is so, be- yeah. Yeah, that's beyond fucked up. You know what I mean? Well, when they came to get, like, they called her mom and dad, and, you know, they showed up, and they basically had to take her away in an ambulance. And uh, so they took her off to the funny farm, and, you know probably gave her some shock therapy or whatever and she'd only just been released my mom met her so my mom hears this story it's like holy shit but i mean here's the thing about my mom deep down she's like cool (laughs) you know what i mean she's She's like like, this is fucking metal as fuck dude (laughs) (laughs) so she goes back and talks to this girl and she's like is that true and she's like yeah it's true she's like i saw all kinds of crazy shit it was telling me all kinds of crap it was telling me about its life and all this you know so not, I wouldn't call it a full-blown possession, but, like, this thing had uh, influence it, over her. Yeah, it was talking to her, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and so she said, like, this is real. She's like, and my mom always told me, and I'll never forget this, she said, basically, when you mess with one of those things, it opens up a window. 
and something good could come through, something bad could come through, but don't open up the window in the first place. you got to make sure the window's closed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the shades and are guess... pulled shut, because otherwise a demon's going to be, like, watching you poop, you know, <laughs> and then rubbing it <laughs> all over your walls. <laughs> <laughs> Never masturbate in private again. Right, exactly. Exactly. Now then, that's, okay, so, that's, I mean, like, that's literally creepy. Like, I'm getting fucking... Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's, that's the thing. Like, I when I when she told me that story, and she told me that story when I was a kid. Oh, so now... Actually, and I'd ask her, like, I'm like, are you telling? And she's like, no, she's like, that really happened. And then I don't know if you're familiar with the Youngstown area at all. Uh, somewhat. But this woman, she moved kind of close to where I grew up, and we were in a mall up here called Southern Park Mall. After she told me this story, and we saw her. She was in the mall. My mom's like, that's her. Jesus. <laughs> and because my mom became pretty good friends with her, and she, you know, she was okay for the most part. She was on a lot of medications and everything, but I think she went through college okay. Yeah. But the crazy thing, the really crazy thing my mom told me about this, that I, where I'm like, what the fuck? You know, she would go hang out in this chick's room, and they talk and everything. Well, after she heard this story, and the girl kind of filled her in, you know, they're in there one day, and the girl had her closet open. And up there in the closet was the Ouija board. Oh, God. And my mom said, you still have that thing? She's like, just throw it away. Like, burn no, it. No, no, no. Listen, listen. My mom, she goes, well, do you think it's still out there? Can you get it down in contact? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to talk to it, too. Can you think it can give yeah. me answers to the, can it, can it get me a like, date no. if I wear a yellow sweater? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so this lady's like hell no no way but no i don't know why she kept it so she did keep it well you um, know when no. you know when you have a relationship with something you keep a memento you know i mean yeah why not keep the uh you know open mic yeah to the nether realm exactly i mean you know you just like i can't tell you i mean when my last girlfriend made me rub my shit all over the walls <laughs> i i kept her head yeah, in a box i kept her head in a box yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I was, and my friend came over, and he's just like, "What's in the box?" You know what I mean? <laughs> What's in the fucking box? <laughs> oh shit! Oh my god, Liz, let me tell you, you have just given us fucking gold for this episode. Thank you, Thank very you much. so much. Oh, um, you're welcome. Hold for applause. We can we can hear the applause. Stories, so. Yeah, yeah, you guys. You, I mean, you you definitely knocked it out of the park, and I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I hey, mean, no problem. In all honesty, you're you're perfect, dear. I appreciate you like you wouldn't believe. But uh, we, thank you so much. Yeah, we're gonna go listen to uh, the the fantastic Alien uh, Area Fifty One call from coast to coast now. So, oh man, that's such a good show. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, what what quick quick Liz? Before you go, uh, what's your opinion on the current host of uh, Coast to Coast, George Nori? Um, we actually have been listening to older ones of his. So I have not listened to anything like probably in the last year that he's done. Yeah, but can you agree that George Nori asks some of the stupidest questions ever? Yeah, I like Art Bell a lot better. Well, I mean, yeah, because, you know, George Nord, like, if you were telling that Ouija board, you know, story, he'd be like, he'd be like, well, let me ask you a question, uh, 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 Liz. Uh, uh, The the ship she rubbed on on the walls, uh, did it have corn in it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Liz, we're going to get going, but thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it like you wouldn't believe. No problem. Talk to you guys soon. Everyone, give it up for Liz, because she was fucking fantastic. Round of applause. You better be clapping at home, or I'm going to fucking murder you. Anyway, (laughs) I think we should go to another break real quick, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to listen to that fucking alien phone call. And, yeah, and uh, right now, this is uh, another record promotion. A fantastic lounge singer uh, by the name of Bobby Martini. 
uh, is putting out an album. Uh, it's another cover album. For some reason, False Coat Records is really specializing in cover albums this year. Uh, so they're going to be putting out this album here. Uh, so take a listen. False Coat, tell them about the album. How you doing there, folks? Bobby Martini here, lounge singer legend, and I'm here to promote my fantastic new album. It's a collaboration and sort of a concept album. Bobby Martini sings the songs of Anal Cunt. Here's a preview, folks. Hitler was a sensitive man. Hitler was an oh-so-sensitive man. Hitler was a sensitive man. What is he, ladies and gentlemen? Hitler was a sensitive man. That's right, folks. For the low, low price of $19.95, you can pick up a fantastic CD or cassette tape copy available through False Co. Records and online through iTunes and CD Baby or wherever albums are sold. Remember... If you want perfect lounge music, you contact Bobby Martini through False Code Records. Please, buy my CD. I'm very, very desperate. That's all for me, folks. Go buy my album, please. I haven't eaten in three weeks. Welcome back to the Church Absurd, folks. I'm your host, Reverend Just, joined by Deacon Sam. So, uh, Sam, what did you think of... Uh, the lounge singer cd i mean nothing is more relaxing than you know the smooth tones of a lounge singer right i really feel like he could honestly use the money yeah. he, you know when especially you know not eating in three weeks that's a pain in the ass yeah exactly i mean i i kind of feel for him i'm gonna buy it because i love the music but i really hope it does buy him a good few packs of ramen you should uh, uh they gave me a sneak preview of the album and you should just hear the way he goes through i'm gonna give you aids it's just it's beautiful you know if there's anyone i'd like to give me aids it would be him bobby martini yeah for 19 dollars 99 cents yeah 95 95 sorry yeah yeah he's discounted aids he's got the 90s prices <laughs> that's probably why he's putting it out on cassette tape <laughs> oh shit all right so keeping up with the theme of the spooky and weird uh, we're going to take a listen to a fantastic little story here. Uh, this here is the infamous Area 51 call to a fantastic radio show, Coast to Coast. Right, exactly. Yeah. Coast to Coast. Uh, if you don't know what Coast to Coast is, basically if you turn on any type of AM station around like 10 p.m. at night, you'll probably find Coast to Coast somewhere. And uh, it's like... Essentially, Alex Jones without the yelling. Fair enough. You know, uh, it's had two or high blood pressure. Yeah, it's had two main hosts over the years: Art Bell and George Norrie. And uh, Art Bell is the one you're going to be hearing on this recording here, along with the caller. Uh, George Norrie, you don't have to worry about. Uh, he's kind of retarded. I mean that in a good way. Uh, it's it's very fun to listen. Differently to abled. No, he's not even differently abled. He's a, he's got normal IQ. He just asks really stupid questions. Uh, so so he's Doctor Phil level retarded. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, we're cause like George Norrie doesn't care about ratings because they're out at 10 p.m. So he knows that only like the fucking avid listeners are listening. It's like Doctor Phil's like I need to make sure that people who turn me on at five o'clock continue watching you know what i mean <laughs> did you kill your mother <laughs> how many times did you hit her with the sledgehammer how, okay. how big was the sledgehammer 
Anyway, that's a callback, folks. What is the shaft circumference? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, that's a callback, folks. So go back and listen to the last episode. I guarantee you'll like it. All right. So uh, here is the infamous Area 51 caller. Basically, uh, they were talking about Area 51, aliens, shit like that. No, pretty, really? Pretty standard fare for coast to coast a lot of the time. Right. Uh, so this dude calls in, and this is what he had to say. It's not the greatest quality in the world because it's from the fucking 90s, but hey. Let's hear it anyways. Yeah. Online, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Okay, first thing I will say is that the dude does sound genuinely scared. He does sound yeah. like there's a legitimate fear in his voice. Yeah. Right. So, a uh, little backstory. What the line was set up for, they set up dedicated lines on the show. And what the dedicated lines are for are for people who can actually comment on the topic. Not just say, that's fucked up, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're not just trolling. Yeah, or it's not just some redneck going, I heard from my friend Bill that, uh, you know... They got demons in Area 51. <laughs> and then Dr. Phil calls in and just like, Now, now Art, I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> now, Art, you're coming across as some sort of monster. You're not a monster. You're a monster when you're drunk, Art. <laughs> you know I mean? All, right. All right, so here we go. Uh, Area 51. Um, Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee, former employee. Um, I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and, and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country, um, oh man, I don't know where to start, they're, uh, they're, they're gonna, um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. Well, um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone, so give us something quick. The dude sounds fucking yeah, he's, terrified he's tears basically you know what i mean okay um um okay what well, what we're thinking of as as aliens are they're uh they're they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um space program made contact with uh they they are not what they claim to be uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they the, the military. I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them, and. The dude, literally, like, I can't express this enough. Like, this would have to be some good acting. Like, and, like, seriously, like, I fucking did theater for fucking four years in high school. You know what I mean? Gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You know>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like, pretty much. I mean, the only thing missing from that fucking thing is me saying, like, you know, hey, you know, I did theater in high school. <laughs> right so basically like i i'm no stranger to acting you know what i mean and there's another podcast that uh you'll actually hear a commercial for later on in this episode all right and uh basically uh i'm somewhat involved in acting on that level Ah. on that podcast uh, which i can't say because it'll ruin the kayfabe of it all but still uh basically it takes a lot uh to keep it up in your voice especially like if you've had no training whatsoever in acting. So if this dude is an actor, he's got to have either serious training 
or he's just a fucking prodigy. Like, fucking... What if this was Leonardo DiCaprio's earliest working on trying to get that Oscar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he still got snubbed. Yeah. <laughs> fucking FBI snubbed me. <laughs> okay, okay, so here we go. So at this point, basically, uh, the transponder or the satellite on the radio station starts bugging out, like freaky, like almost to the point of being shut down, right? Do, 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 do. Right? It's fucking freaky, right? And you can hear it, the transmission on the phone starts going out, right? Right? And that's where it cut off fucking completely. Right, and I'm not talking just the phone line went dead. I'm talking the entire station got taken off the air. Huh. Right, they got it back up and running, and our bell was just you know like oh well that was odd. <laughs> that was strange. You know what I mean? And uh, so uh, the the info is still kind of iffy on this, but apparently later on, whether it be in the next year or something like that, this guy called back. Right, here's the call. I always get very nervous when when I call you. Uh, I'm Brian. I hung up on you last week. Oh, I see. And uh, I just figured, damn the torpedoes. Uh, I'll just do this and let the chips fall where they will. All right. Um, everybody, I am the Area 51 caller. Okay, so... Number one, if you really listen, the voice doesn't sound... No, it doesn't. Like, like it kind of similar. Kind of like the same way, like... You know how like uh, cover art, cover artists will come in and they'll imitate people's voices when they perform. Like a guy will be like, "I'm an Elton John cover artist and I dress up as Elton John and I fucking sing." And he's like, "He packed my bags last night, pre-flight." You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like that, but it doesn't. You can still tell the difference, right? Um, that's that's my statement, and let you or whatever tear it apart. <laughs> You, you claim you're the Area 51? I, I am the man. How do you account for the fact, Area 51 caller, okay. that part of the way through your spiel, the satellite went down? I have no idea, and it scared the heebie-jeebies out of me that night. <laughs> well, gosh, gee willikers, Mr. Bell, it scared <laughs> the heebie-jeebies. Batman. <laughs> it scared the heebie-jeebies out of me. <laughs> Right, and like no, no one's gonna talk that natural, like like that, like that's like fucking leave it to Beaver type yeah. bullshit. You know what I mean? Okay, so here we go. Uh, I've called a number of times on your specialty line nights, doing different and you know, all kind of wacky characters, and that's <laughs> wild and crazy and wacky characters, Art Bell. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a wacky guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just sounds like some something someone would say. To like save face, but at the same time, like be like, no, it's totally. F I swear, I swear, it's totally <laughs> fake. Yeah, yeah, you know what I totally, mean. Totally, totally. <laughs> I'm just a wacky dude, you know. <laughs> I live in my mom's basement. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like if this was if this was like the like mid 2000s, you know what I mean? Like 2005, 2006. 
That's what he'd be saying. He'd be like, listen, Art, I, I live in my mom's basement. I'm 30 years old. I, I, I got nothing going for <laughs> The me. only thing I've got is a gun in my mouth. <laughs> a, a gun in my mouth and my World of Warcraft headset on, you know? <laughs> That's all I got, you know? So basically, like, it just doesn't sound natural. Right? All that one was supposed to be. And uh, if the call had been completed, it would have been ancient history by now. How's it, how's it occurred to you as uh, Barbara... Marks Hubbard suggested tonight that perhaps if you're really what you say you are you created the reality of the rest of the situation and took down my satellite that scares the heebie-jeebies out of me because it's <laughs> God, the heebie-jeebies yeah we're back to the heebie-jeebies Mr. Williker. <laughs> gee Williker <laughs> means that what I was saying was somehow correct and it was fabrication kind of Creating, creating a reality. Yeah, if, if that was the case, I humbly apologize to you because I love... Humbly apologize. Mea culpa, Mr. Bell. <laughs> Mea culpa. You know, uh, a curse on my ancestors. You know, a curse on both of my houses. May they never ride in Valhalla. Alas, poor Yurik, I knew him, Horatio. You know what I mean? <laughs> Your show, and the last thing I would ever want to do is knock me off the air. So what 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 can I do? They like, call me Sling Blade. <laughs> that was that's the fucked up part. Is that's our bell. Like he's just he's like mm-hmm. that's that's him not buying it. So he's just like mm-hmm. taters. <laughs> he's a he's a sassy radio show host that don't need no man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, girl. Uh, speaking, uh, what is the possible explanation that uh, you brought our satellite down? Could it be that you won't get your ass off the couch and get a job? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Art Bell, the sassy coast-to-coast host. That needs to be a fucking television show. That, that does need to be a television show. <laughs> you got aliens? Say what? <laughs> <laughs> you got aliens, but you don't got child support? Girl! <laughs> To prove my claim here. Well, I guess you could, you could, uh, you could give us a little of what you gave us then, so that we could hear it and know it to be you. Are you sure you want me to do that, Art? I'm positive. Um, don't, Art, Art, please. I, I don't want you to ask me to put the lotion on the fucking mask. <laughs> <laughs> do this. Um. If, if, if I start doing that, that, that guy, I, I, right? Okay, so Art Bell bought it at that point. Like yeah. he starts laughing. He's like, "Wow, you really got us." You know what I mean? Uh, I still don't buy it. Right? And I'll, what I did was I made a comparison. Right? The first clip you hear is from the first call. The second clip is from when he's doing the voice in the second call. You be the judge. Okay. Um. Um. Okay, what what we're thinking of as as aliens? And um, this if, is the second call. If, if I start doing that, that, that guy, online, you're okay. Um, um, okay. What what we're thinking of as as aliens? Um, if if, if I start doing that, that, that guy, online, you're on the air. Hello. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. It's uh, it it sounds different, but then again. What am I supposed to know? Uh, Sister Blazett had an interesting theory, and she thought that it is the same guy. But when the phone line went dead, he was caught, given his job back, and they were basically said, listen, you have to go back on the show and say that it was all a hoax, 
and everything like that and just feed some misinformation. You know, it, it's it's either or. You know, it all depends on. We've got a gun right here, or you can go back to the show and say it was all a lie. Right there, you can go. Right, you you can either. He said he's done several characters. I would have been like, all right, what other characters though? He's just like, uh, I, uh, you know, I have my my pretty funny one. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's his name. I call him Jamal. You know, <laughs> and he just does like a really offensive black person voice. You know, he's just like, damn. You know what I mean? It's like, damn, Aunt Bell, you've been doing some crazy characters. You know what I mean? Like never heard that right some really offensive shit right uh, or he's just like uh you know i uh i have uh mr hong who's uh you know my uh my asian character you know what i mean like he's just going on and on it's just like fuck dude like if you're gonna if you're gonna say like oh i do some wacky characters you know what i mean like just be like dude i was fucking around you know what i mean like i was drunk i was tired whatever but like the f only like fucking 50, you know, 60 year old FBI agents would be like, just say you do some wacky characters. Say you're like that Howard Stern fella. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't know. You guys be the judge. Put in the comments, what do you think? Do you think it was the same guy? Do you think it was a different guy? Do you think the FBI got him? Do you think aliens are real? Put it in the comments. Yeah, again, wrap your write your answer down. I'm talking to all 23 of you. Yeah, wrap it to a dildo and send it to us. 1235, P.O. Box 1235, <laughs> Camp to Kentucky, 41301. <laughs> Six, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> We're not stopping until we get a dildo in the mail. <laughs> that was perfectly timed. I know. I just over the soundboard. I'm like, whatever he says, whatever he it's fucking happening. says. All right. So, uh, you know, uh, we've we've done enough for unholy beast and blasphemous theories. We did a full fucking hour of it. So yeah, no, I'd say it's pretty good time on it. Oh yeah, definitely. So thank you very much to Liz. Everything like that. Uh, it's time to go into a quick little segment, but it's everyone's favorite segment. That's fucked up, man. That's right. It's time for while that's fucked up. And guess what? Another shout-out to Brandy. You know what she sent me today? She was telling me about it earlier. She sent me a picture of her letter that she got from infamous serial killer David Berkowitz. That's nice. Also known as the Son of Sam. Oh, hey. Yeah. Cool. Neat. Right? And uh, I'm going to read it for you. Now, naturally, one thing you... Uh, may not know about uh, David Berkowitz is he, when he was in well, he's still in jail, but when he was, after he spent a few years in jail, he uh, found God. You know, so he's all like, you know, praise God and everything like that. And okay. you can actually write to him. You have you can get his email address or his, uh, you know, P.O. box and everything like that on a website called Arise and Shine, I think, or something like that. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm going to do that. Ariseandshine.org. Well, I guarantee it's probably going to be the same as like this letter but, yeah so this is from uh 2014 okay uh dear brandy may god bless you for your kind and uplifting letter i truly thank the lord jesus christ for his abundant mercy and grace and his kindness is saving and forgiving the wretch that i was <laughs> wow right now I want to tell everyone who'd care to listen. Is he Jewish? Yeah, he is. Oh, okay. If it's... But that's literally how he talks, like in interviews and shit. Okay. So, that God is good, and his mercy is everlasting. No one is beyond his reach unless they want to be. I do not recall receiving a letter from you before. 
I do, however, wish you the best with your career in criminal justice and whatever career you eventually choose. I am also happy to learn that you got yourself saved recently. There is no perfect church here on earth, but I pray that you will continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and never allow hardships or disappointment to turn you away from Christ. The voice is just killing me. I know that I could serve God in prison, and you could do the same on the outside. <laughs> in closing, I happen to have good memories of Kentucky. Back in 1973 and 74, I was stationed at Fort Knox in the western part of your state. Kentucky has some of the most beautiful skies I have ever seen. Best wishes, David Berkowitz. <laughs> It is true about the beautiful skies. Yeah, it is. Especially away from the city, away from the uh, glow of the streetlights and everything blocking it. We see so many stars. We see so many falling stars. There was actually a meteorite meteorite a few weeks ago that hit near our property. It was so small, it barely even made an impact. Right on, right on. But yeah, dude, so uh, this has inspired me to do something. Number one, thank you very much, Brandy, for sending us that, in in all honesty. Uh, She also was kind enough to send us some fan mail, our first piece of fan mail. And uh, which I will gladly read for you now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, we got to have fan mail. We love the fans. We do. All 23 of you. <laughs> <laughs> David Berkowitz says thank you for listening. God damn it. <laughs> okay. Brandy, Brandy says sign of approval is the subject. Hey, guys, just giving a shout out. Love the show. Looking forward to all future shows. Favorite part was the Dahmer fanfic. But my all time favorite is going to be Dead Ass from Sam. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. Signed, the ass manager, Brandy. <laughs> so, David Berkowitz says thanks again, Brandy. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's uh, let's keep this bandwagon going. But like I was saying, she gave me an idea. And I'm going to do this. And it's going to be a segment on the show, provided the dude messages me back or, like, responds to me. David Berkowitz? No, not David Berkowitz. He's just going to tell me how good God is. Anyway. Thank you, honey. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send a letter to infamous co-ed killer Edmund Kemper. Dun, dun, dun. And, uh, wait, dude, if you're going to do it, fucking, yeah. you know, do it right. You're the one with the soundboard, dick. And I'm going to send a letter to Edmund Kemper. For those of you that don't know, Edmund Kemper, infamous serial killer, uh, he killed a bunch of co-eds. Uh, he would pick them up, like, when they were hitchhiking, he'd shoot them in the fucking head, cut their head off, fuck their corpse, everything like that. All the fun stuff. So I'm going to ask him, what's his idea of a perfect date? You know? <laughs> oh, good fucking lord. Right? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> if the dude message, like, if the dude writes me back, I'm going to read it out on the show, and we'll make it in, like, I'll keep writing him. I'll, I'll become, I'll try and become pen pals with Edmund Kemper. And but one of my favorite things uh, when you read about Edmund Kemper, the last person he ever killed was uh, his mother, and he cut his mother's head off and stuck it on the mantle and yelled at it for three hours. All right. Yeah. So here's so hope. many dreams being realized by that man. And I can just be like, Hey, Edmund, uh, do you ever feel like you're getting ahead in life? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever feel like your mother's? Uh, critiques of you were might have been ahead of her time <laughs> do you feel like you've got really anything you can put up on the mantle and be proud of <laughs> <laughs> he's just like well you know everybody wants to kill their mother <laughs> <laughs> 
God. I would watch a sitcom, like a Seinfeld-style sitcom with Edmund Kemper. Yeah, that would, would be interesting. So, yeah, I've decided that I'm going to do that. So I'm going to get to work on that pretty soon. Uh, so on this little segment of Wow, That's Fucked Up, we are going to be listening uh, to another serial killer. Because, uh, I mean, realistically, for Wow, That's Fucked Up, it does kind of make sense to talk about serial killers. I know. I was going to get some good Destiel for you to read since you made me read some really fucked up gay shit. But, uh, yeah, no, we decided we shouldn't always do gay smut for that. Wow, that's fucked up. Right? No, not always gay smut. Not always, you know, kid fucking and eating and everything like that. It's going to be a lot of gay smut and kid fucking and eating, but not always. Mm-hmm. There's but only that, so much you can go through. we got to kind of spread it out. You exactly, know? exactly. All right, now, Sam, you're not uh, as well-versed in serial killers as I am, are you? Yeah, I've... I haven't looked into them as much as I would like to have, but uh, right. no, I am not. Because they are, they are fucking interesting. Fascinating, to be honest with you. Especially, you look at a situation like Ed Gein's, where, I mean, his he only ever killed two people. He did some fucked up shit where he robbed graves and shit, but he uh, it can all be tied to, like, literal schizophrenia. Yeah. Like, and, but, like, some people are just monsters, and they just kill for the sake of killing. Like, uh, Bundy didn't really have anything wrong with him at first. He seemed like a normal guy. You know what I mean? So There's no kill quite like overkill. Exactly. Uh, so this guy here, uh, there are just some people that were not born uh, to be serial killers. Uh, there's a, This guy is probably the most reluctant serial killer I've ever learned about. And uh, this guy's name's Paul Michael Stefani. Okay, no relation to Gwen. That's what I was about to ask. Yeah, he is first not, question off the top. Of my although head. he is kind of a hollaback girl, let me tell you. Uh, he was known as the weepy voiced killer, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the reason he got that name was due to a series of uh, telephone calls he made to police, anonymously reporting his crimes in a hist- histrionic and high pitched voice. So basically, like, sounded like a bitch. <laughs> essentially, uh, he killed three women. Uh, he tried to kill five, but uh, he the two got away from him. So uh, his victims, the ones that he killed, were Kimberly Compton, Kathleen Greening, and Barbara Simons or Simmons. Simmons? No, it's it, there's one M, so I'm assuming it's Simons. It makes sense, you know. Uh, so his uh, confession in prison almost 20 years after the first slaying allowed police to officially link the slayings and calls. Uh, he confessed to a beating attack in 1980. He confessed to stabbing Kimberly Compton to death in 1981, drowning Kathleen Greening in 1982, and stabbing Barbara Simmons to death with an ice pick in 1982. So this dude, he's just, uh, he likes to get brutal. Yeah, about once a year, he just goes on a little spree. <laughs> he's just like, you know what, I need to... I need I, to treat myself. <laughs> I need to purge, folks, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so basically, he would after he would do this shit, he would call up. On the fucking nine one one, you know, soundboard and shit like that, and uh, this is a collection of the calls that he did. So we're gonna listen and uh, share our thoughts. All right. Don't talk. Just listen. I'm sorry what I did to Compton. I couldn't help it. Don't know why I had to stab her. I'm so upset about it. I keep getting drunk every day. And I can't believe I did it. I can't believe I did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> she gave the worst head ever. <laughs> so, so I cut hers off. You know I mean? <laughs> right? So he's he's pretty fucking shaken up, you can tell. Right? But uh, he's not full-blown weepy yet. But <laughs> rest assured, he's going to get there. Just wait. I can't think of it like that. 
laptop. If I get locked up, I'd kill myself. I'd rather kill myself to get locked up. I'll try not to kill anybody else. I'll try not to kill anybody else. <laughs> I promise I'll try. Just don't put me in prison. If you put me in jail, I'll kill myself. Like, come on, dude. You know, speaking of which, he died of cancer. Like, he didn't actually kill himself when he got caught. Oh, that fucking right? bastard. Like, I, I mean, 15-year-old girls like, beg for attention by trying it. You know what I mean? So that's all. That's, this dude didn't even try it. He just got cancer. You know what I mean? Anyway. Here we go. Player emergency. Please don't talk, just listen. <laughs> That's another thing. His his go-to line is, please don't talk, just listen. So, I mean, he's just, he's just a man that wants to be he's heard. He's using 911 as the confessional. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bless me, 911 operator, for I have sinned. I'm sorry what I did to Compton. Sorry, I killed that girl. I stabbed her 40 times. Kimberly Compton was the first one. Oh, my chief. Oh, I don't know what you're mad at me. I'm sick. I'm going to kill myself, I think. Where are you? I'm just going to die for the rest of it. It's me. I killed all the people. I'm going to make it to it's eventually it gets to a point where you can't fucking understand just, anything the dude says. You just And here's another one. You find me, I just stabbed somebody with an ice pick. I just stabbed somebody with an ice pick. First world problems. I wish this dude wasn't dead. I would have I would have totally sent him a fucking letter. And yeah. just be like, hey, bud, can you record yourself saying this? Is can you send us a vial of your tears? No, not even that. Just have him record himself saying, oh, this is, uh, this is the Weepy Voice Killer. And you're listening to the Church of Surge. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Weepy Voice Killer. And you're listening to the Church of Surge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how great would that be? Right? It goes into the theme music. He's <laughs> just like, oh, my God. <laughs> He's a piece of work. Yeah, I mean, he is. It's that's an understatement. Exactly. So I mean, like the dude finally gets caught. He, of course, he confesses. Yeah, you know he's what I mean. Whining like a bitch, anyway. And then he gets convicted to life in prison, and he just fucking dies of cancer. But like, I want to know what it took to catch him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did he actually give up his location, or was there some serious, you know, was he in a light up? That's what I want to know. Was he in a light up with five other dudes and someone fucking, you know, uh, number three, step forward. Can you say the line you were given? The guy comes forward. He's just like, don't talk, just listen. Okay, number four, can you step forward? Don't talk, just listen. Okay, number one, can you step forward? Don't talk, just listen. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> that's the guy <laughs> book him <laughs> you know what I mean it's just it's, it's not like it's not like a fucking law and order moment it's just like the guy just like I swear to god I didn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine talking to that guy at work 
He's just like, he's got to be a whiny bitch about everything. Hey, did you get those TPS reports? <laughs> I swear I tried. I tried so hard. I was going to do a TPS report, but then Lumberg came in, and he was like, no, you got the peel reports, Peter. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck that, dude. Oh, shit. So, what do you think? Is it fucked up? I think it's pretty fucked up. Obviously, it's fucked up. All right, it's, it, 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 the, it's hard to determine what's more fucked up. The fact that he's such a whiny bitch about it or the fact that he killed three people. One, yeah, one with an ice pick. Right. He was pretty much... He was a pretty whiny bitch about it, though. Exactly. I do wish he was still alive. I exactly. would like to hear him say that for our intro. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That would be nice. <laughs> Now, if we, could get, if we could get David Berkowitz to do a little intro for us, that would be pretty good. You're listening to the Church of Shirt. <laughs> you know, this is the son of Sam. <laughs> also known as the son of hope in the crappy religious documentaries. <laughs> Seriously. 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 He calls himself the son of hope. Oh, Okay. Like he's. I used to be the son of sham. Now I'm the son of hope. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, but, you are not, Mr. Berkowitz. But speaking of uh, people, uh, people giving us intros, guess who I saw the other day? <laughs> who did you? Oh yes, <laughs> I saw the man himself. The man, the legend, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if you'd think that, oh well, Jess is doing an impersonation. I can assure you, this is not an impersonation. The reason I am putting it on here is to show you just how good my fucking impersonation His impersona- is. As we said in the first episode, the impersonation is just uncanny. What you are about to hear has been verified by myself, by Sister Christian, by several other people. It is not... In- including Reverend- the ass manager. Yeah, including Brandy, the ass manager. It is not Reverend Jess. It is the man, the legend, the Bigfoot hunter himself, Lonnie King. All right, here we go. So you're going to hear me at the beginning, and then you'll even hear the ass manager in the background. <laughs> here we go, folks. Here's the real Lonnie King. Do it. Do it. Come on. You him you're the living meme. You got to do it. <laughs> this is Lonnie King. Do it. Just say, this is the real Lonnie King, and you're listening to The Church Absurd. This is the real Lonnie King, and you're listening to The Church Absurd. There you go, folks. That is it. That is 100% him. It so is. please <laughs> let us know how good you think Reverend Jess's uh, impersonation is in the comments. Or, it, or tell me that it's not spot on at all. I don't care. Yeah, because if you don't think it's spot on, you can quite literally go fuck yourself. I got him to fucking say it, dude. Like, like I got him. I got his voice. I, got, I think for like, if we make, I'll, I'm putting it out here right now, right? And I talked to him about this. If we make it to 50 episodes, we got to bring him on. I'm going to bring him we on. We got to bring him on. I'm going to bring him on and we're going to sit there and he's going to be the first guest on Unholy Beast where you know he's actually like part- we'll, we'll actually let him say what he wants to say without <laughs> we'll without po- just harassing. Him. We'll post his pictures on the website. We'll, we'll get him everything. some exposure for his you know, Bigfoot hunting. Exactly. We'll we'll promote the first season DVD of Bigfoot Off Grid. <laughs> But yeah, dude, so definitely the living meme exists. All right. Uh, okay. We're going to go to one more, one more break. We're going to come back. And then we're going to finish this out with a game. And then there you go. So this is this here is a commercial. It's not a False Co. product, but it's a good friends of mine known as Second Shot. Uh, they're a fantastic little podcast. You can find them on the Above Below Network, which is run by a good friend of mine that I used to do a podcast with. His name is El Hordano Diablo. And uh, he. this podcast is basically things that suck or that are widely considered to suck 
they give it a second shot and determine does it actually suck or does it actually roll, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I feel like it, it, you know that's a good message to be putting out, giving things like that a second chance. You know exactly, and that's the whole basis of the show. So I'm going to let George and Devin tell you all about their show, and here you go. We'll be right back on the Church Absurd. You ever find yourself liking Vin Diesel? Have you ever been made fun of for being a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise? How about Lifetime movies? Do you like the band Nickelback? Ever heard of them? How about Ghostbusters 2? That movie's a piece of shit. Well, if you have, or you are, you should listen to the Second Shot Podcast. Every Thursday on the Above Below Entertainment Podcast Network. We, we defend you. We'll be there for you if you like one of these things or another thing that may not be so popular with the in-crowd. It's weird. Art's weird. Everything's dumb. I love it. Listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or just go to our website on Audio Boom. Internet. Brought to you by the Internet. We have a very high retainer. Welcome back to the final time of this episode to the Church Absurd. I'm your host, Reverend Jess, joined by Deacon Sam. All right, we're going to finish this episode off. It's been fun. It's been a fun time. It's if been you're a fun a, time. If you're a new listener, be sure to go back and listen to the other episodes. Uh, in fact, on the last episode, we played a game. And frankly, I think we should do that again. So guess what? It's game time. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. Yes, it is. Sister Christian and I came up with a game earlier today when we were just really thinking about this. And it is called Donald Trump or Kim Jong-un. Thank you, Jerry. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Now, last episode, Reverend Jess played a game where I was the contestant. So this week we have turned the tables on him. He is the contestant. I will be asking the questions. Now, he does not know the answers. He has not Googled anything because he has not even read the questions. This is, well, I mean, it's not necessarily questions, right? It's just match the quote to who said it. Yeah. Now, um... Right? So you're wrong, bitch. Right. Calling you out. You just, you just got it fucking wrong. All right. Reverend Jess has put me on blast. Yeah. That's now, right. to everyone at home... Don't be an asshole. Don't look up any of these quotes. Come on. And, uh, you know, just let's play the, play fair like let, Reverend Jess will be playing. Let's be on the same level, folks. Yep. Come keep on. it on that level. All right, Reverend Jess, are you ready to start? Uh, you know what? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to put this cigarette pack in front of my phone so you can't see the uh, quotes or anything. <laughs> your, your fucking screen's cracked. I'm not going to be able to read I know, it from it, here it anyway. It is shattered. It is pretty pretty sad. Right. But it still works, so well, I'm just, a cheap bastard. Yeah, so just I'm going to keep using it. Just make this quick, because, you know, later... I have a date with a six-year-old boy. I've been waiting for you to use that this whole fucking time. Thank you for coming through. What am I going to do? Put it up with Liz's odds? Just like... Like oh she was her her friend was rubbing shit all over the walls. I have a date with a six year old boy. No, dude, you could have done it. It would have been no, I couldn't have because she was on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Enough. Our soundboard's on the phone. So all right, all right, Reverend Jess, are you ready to start? Yes, I'm ready. All right, first quote. Now remember, it's Donald Trump or Kim, the leader of the free world, Donald Trump or Kim Jong Un, the exact fucking opposite. Well, that's not true. I mean, I saw the interview. He doesn't even take a poop. He doesn't even have a butthole. Yeah, exactly. So, but 
I digress. We are beginning. The days are gone forever when our, enemy, when our enemies could blackmail us with the nuclear bombs. That's Kim Jong-un. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, I'm a happy boy. <laughs> All right. All right, round two. Let's do this. I will make certain that our military is the best in the world in both cyber offense and defense and in every other way. That's Donald Trump. There you go. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Kim Jong-un doesn't use the word cyber. <laughs> Fair enough. Unless he's talking to like some chick online. He's like, want a cyber? <laughs> <laughs> want, a, want a cyber? That's right, poon? bitch. AOL, instant messenger. Add, <laughs> add me. Oh, wait. They shut it down. Fuck. I'm dated. <laughs> Do you have a phone charger I could use? A phone charger? Yes. You see, Sam lives out in the woods, folks. Our, uh, it's been a very rainy couple of days, and our solar panels have not charged enough. Yeah. So I was just, I was Does reading. Does it reach? Yeah, it reaches. I was reading by lamplight earlier, and our lamp used up too much battery power, so I couldn't charge my phone. All right, so let's get, let's get on to this. Let's do All round right, two. there we go. I'm ready for round two, round three, rather. Round three. Fight. Sometimes, by losing the battle, you find a new way to win the war. Donald Trump? God fucking damn it, yes. <laughs> we should concentrate all our efforts on building an economic giant to bring about a fresh turn in developing the country's economy and improving the people's standard of living. That's gotta be Donald Trump spewing some bullshit. Kim Jong fucking Un. Which is funny because, like, that's like the exact opposite of what he's doing. Yeah, no, no, that totally is. But uh, I just wanted you to get something wrong, you right? piece of shit. <laughs> All right. All right. Round five. Five. We should make innovations in coal mining and metallurgical industries in particular so as to revitalize the overall economy of the country. That's fucking Trump. He's on the total coal wagon. Guess what, bitch? What? Kim Jong-un! Really? Yep. Totally. Really? Because, like, fucking Trump has been going on about that fucking I war know. on coal. I know. He thinks we can take coal out of the ground and clean it with a sponge, and then it'll be clean coal. Because he's a to, stupid piece of shit. I've talked to many experts, okay? And nobody knows about cleaning coal with a toothbrush like I do, okay? <laughs> All right. Next round. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. That's Kim Jong-un. That is Donald Trump. Like, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah. There's the sound of your failure. Fuck. I mean, that does sound like... Uh, yeah. It no, does, it does. I mean, because like, Trump would be like, fucking, oh, the fake news, think we can't, you know, we can't rely on globalism, and we won't. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's the same premise of the game, like last week. It is all interchangeable, just like Alex Jones, the murderous piece of shit he is, and Charles Manson, the murderous piece of shit he is. My question is, like, are, like okay, so these are these the, the Trump quotes, are they coming from tweets or speeches this is all twitter oh really this is all twitter kim jong-un and donald trump this is all twitter <laughs> stay off the twitter folks play the game just like reverend jess he is in the dark i mean in all honesty though fucking trump dude you gotta fucking go through so much bullshit yeah no it's it's <laughs> sifting through the fake news awards <laughs> yeah 
I mean, we'll, we'll see when that happens. All right, Donald so, Trump, you piece of fucking shit. All right, so <laughs> don't cut that out. I, I won't. But but I'm just saying we we do accept <clears throat> we do accept people who you know follow you, Donald Trump. Yeah, no, no, no. Please listen. You will never learn unless you hear a dissenting opinion. Right? Oh, dude, you just got fucking roasted. Sam, putting you, on, putting you on blast right now. Wait, who got roasted? The fucking people, the Trump supporters, saying they don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the new You Just Got Roasted music. Alrighty, good deal. I like it. Alright, All right, next round. We will build new roads and highways and bridges and airports and tunnels and railways all across our wonderful nation. That is Kim Jong. Donald Trump. What? Yep. Are you kidding me? Nope. That fucking that literally because I didn't hear a mention of a wall once. <laughs> yeah, that's really surprising. He's like like slipping and a wall in there at the end. That was in a reply tweet. <laughs> yeah, he, he, had, made, he made it a thread just to say a wall, the wall, <laughs> yeah. the wall. It's gonna be so big, like my cock. All right, and so. my and my nuclear button. Right. Okay. So let's, let's oh, do it. next. All round. right. Next round. Our women's union members and other women are really excellent and praiseworthy. Our women's. Our women's. Okay, well, uh, Donald Trump doesn't like women, so I'm going to say Kim Jong-un. You are correct, sir. Woohoo! So, hold on. What do you get if you win? I got lasagna last week. What Do you get to, like, make love to one of the potatoes out of the bag of potatoes I brought you? I mean, nah, I'm, I don't know. When, do, you, do you want to microwave it for a couple minutes and cut a hole in it? <laughs> <laughs> just fucking get the noise on the podcast or just like... <laughs> you know what I mean? He's faced with the classic Irishman's dilemma. Does he eat the potato now or ferment it and drink it later? Right, exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> fucking Nazi piece of shit. Hey, hey, I'm a Polak. Right <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot. You were the guys who gave it up. Okay, yeah, that's fuck right. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't you have to stand in a squad, firing squad in a circle hey, and kill Czech each other Republic, later? Hey, you piece of shit. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Just don't run a marathon with us. Right, exactly. Aw. All right, next round. We do not seek to impose our way of life on anyone, but rather to let it shine as an example for everyone to follow. Uh, Trump. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Right on. I definitely think I'm ahead. I got to be ahead, right? I believe so. I, I honestly haven't counted. I feel like you're about even because you went on. You you got three in a row, and then you got like three wrong in a row. So you might. You're ahead. You're ahead by one. Eh, fuck yeah. yeah, bitch. All right, <laughs> let's let's just call it that. You're ahead by one. All right. Well, let's do let's do one more, one more, because we're getting we're getting towards the the end of our time. Right. I've I've got two more left, and that's it. All right. Cool. All right. There is nothing that our party failed to do when it trusted the soldiers and the people, and a more resplendent future is unfolding before us today. Donald Trump is not that uh, grammatical, so I'm going to say Kim Jong. Good on you. Fuck yeah, dude. He didn't say grab her by the pussy once in that speech, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, and the fast money round. This one makes it or breaks it. All right. <laughs> I can no longer sit back and allow communist infiltration, communist indoctrination, communist subversion, and the international communist conspiracy to sap and impurify all of our precious bodily fluids. Um, fuck, that's a difficult one. 
That is a because one. because Trump uh, was a very anti-Obama dude, and he kept saying that Obama was a communist and a Muslim, and he wasn't born in America. Uh, but with the mention of bodily fluids, I don't know. Fuck it, Kim Jong. That was actually a quote from Doctor Strangelove and How I Learned to Stop wor- Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. So you you won. That was just a, that was just put in there for my entertainment. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> so you won. You get to have sex with a warm baked potato. Oh yeah, I'm gonna fuck it. <laughs> That's just right. like I did that lasagna last week. Right. Just fucking. All right. So okay. So all I heard was from that lasagna was "Mamma Mia." Right. All right, so guess what, folks? It is about that time in which uh, we bid you a fair adieu. Again, a shout-out to Sister Christian. I would not have been able to make that game without her. She is a lot smarter than I am, and I will never, ever say anything otherwise. Right, and I'd like to give a shout-out to Sister Blazit for the help that she gave, uh, which you'll hear on the after-service reception. With our mouth sounds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, if you like this episode, be sure to give it a like. Uh, be on the lookout, because uh, the Fat Lulz page is going to be up on iTunes soon. Uh, share us with your friends if you enjoy the podcast. We're going to pull a Bono and upload all of our shit to your iTunes account without your consent. Exactly. And I'll just be like, it's for the children. You know. <laughs> for the children of Africa. You know what I mean? But uh, fucking, yeah, dude, if you if you like this this episode, if you'll, you know, be sure to go back and listen to the other episodes because, you know, we want to hit, we wanna, let's try to get 30 listens, all right? I'm going to fucking do it like a YouTuber. Let's try to get 30 listens on this fucking the podcast. The dirty 30, we need it. Right, exactly. Leave a like, comment, subscribe. We are desperate. In all honesty, do you do leave a like, comment below. We want to we want to reach out to our fans. We want to get fucking involved with our fans. We want to build this show uh, because we're putting a lot of work. Well, I'm putting a lot of work into it, and Sam's kind of sitting here. But you know, hey, hey, I made the game. I'm starting to contribute more. <laughs> right. I, I want to contribute more. Maybe now <laughs> send dildos. Eventually, I will. If we get enough dildos, we'll make a throne yeah. for Reverend Jess out of dildos. Right. Exactly. It's like everything is terrible's uh, Jerry Maguire throne. <laughs> but yeah, dude, fucking, you know, we, we appreciate it any support that we get uh, be sure to check out the other fat lols radio shows including the fickle fanboy with rpm uh, be sure to check out designated drinkers be sure to check out unseriously serious be sure to contribute uh, to the fat lols radio network by sending your rants for league of infuriated nerds to fat radio at gmail.com with nerd rants in the title and you know just be sure to share us man we appreciate you taking the time to listen we appreciate you coming back every week and on top of that you know we we do appreciate the ass we appreciate the ass yeah I had to say that one for our faithful listener, Brandy. Yeah, Brandy, the ass manager. Thank you very much for being a supporter, and thank you very much for sending us that David Berkowitz letter. You've inspired us to possibly have a new segment in which we talk to Ed- Edmund Kemper about fucking a dead girl's head, and we appreciate it like you wouldn't That'll believe. Be an interesting segment, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> Heads up with Edmund Kemper. <laughs> right. Oh shit! All right. But in all honesty, thank you guys so much for listening, and be sure to fucking go back and listen to the other episodes. Be sure to do all that shit. Follow us on the Facebook, on the fucking Twitter at Fat Lols Radio, on the Facebook at Fat Lols Radio, and fucking you know we're on we're on Instagram too, Fat Lols Radio Pods at Fat Lols Radio Pods, and uh, follow me on Twitter, just underscore fl radio right you can find fucking stupid pictures i make for people you know for like fucking flyers and shit and on top of that sam is not available on any type of social media because he's trying to stay off the grid to avoid his fucked up family i actually don't have cell signal where i live but uh no i i would like to start i have a twitter 
right? I, I haven't used it in a long time. I started it because of well, I started because of a Taco Bell I went to. I found a used needle on the back of the toilet, and I just wanted to tweet at Taco Bell, "You stay classy." Yeah. But I generally the night Trump was getting elected, unfortunately, I I got back on Twitter. My yeah. brother followed me. Then once he saw what I was posting, he immediately unfollowed me. Yeah. Um. I, I will get back on there soon. Yeah. You will see some posts from at Hangry Pitbull. Yeah. All right, so follow at Hangry Pitbull, but he's going to be... I, I think you should change your fucking Twitter handle to at Deacon Sam at this point. You know uh, I mean? uh, yeah, it it'll just, still be a picture of Lola the Pitbull, so don't expect a picture of me because I'm not putting that out there. Right. But it he's will be changed to... butt ugly. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. I am an ugly person. My mother made sure to tell me that. Right. But I will change my name to at Deacon Sam. Yeah, maybe definitely. something about pit bulls in there. Who knows? I love my pit bull. <laughs> Deacon Sam Pitbull. <laughs> You're just a new rapper. All right. Yep. So thank you. SoundCloud very- rapper. Yeah, SoundCloud rapper. I'm a lyrical, serial miracle. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I'm a gay fish. Right. Exactly. So definitely fucking come back. And you know, we just uh, we appreciate all the support we can get. We really do because you know. We do put a lot of our heart and soul into this. And our butthole. Our, sar- <laughs> our heart, our soul, and our butthole. You know yeah, what I mean? Spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch. Go in peace, my children. Go in peace and fucking tear the world to pieces. This has been a Fat Lowell's Radio production. To hear more shows like this, go to soundcloud.com slash Radio. Alright, so... Let's dig in on these motherfucking sliders. Right. We decided for today, we're gonna have some sliders. Yeah. And, uh, we went for the full-on White Castle recipe. So there's onions and burgers. And we got homemade fries. Oh, yeah. Oh, drinking our Bud Light. So Sam uh, Sam brought us potatoes this week. Yes, I, uh, one of our regular customers who we kick out constantly for just hanging around and loitering and sexually harassing some women he uh he showed up with a community action had given out a bunch of vegetables mm. he showed up with a truck full of bagged potatoes so right. i brought over a bag of potatoes for reverend jess and reverend jess and sister blaze it and we're gonna eat them a lot and reverend jess will fuck one mm-hmm. it's in the microwave right now <laughs> yeah, preparing it for the evening it was pretty random though because like um it reminded me of uh, there was a movie called Ready to Rumble, in which these two wrestling fans uh, follow their favorite wrestler around the country. And they fuck him? No. Okay. But there's a scene where he takes one of the Nitro girls from WCW out, and uh, he meets her at the apartment, and uh, he hands he's like. She opens the door, he's like, he hands her some bananas. And she goes, thanks. And he goes, flower guy was closed, so I picked those up for you. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it.
it's got uh, David Arquette in it. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. You don't hear his name too often. Well, this was 2000, so he was still kind of relevant. But you still didn't hear his name too often. <laughs> and here's what's funny. That movie caused uh, a real-life wrestling storyline in which David Arquette became WCW champion. What? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah. We, uh... <laughs> we actually talked about it on the podcast I used to do. Folks don't, probably don't know this, but I used to do a wrestling podcast when I was still living in Cleveland with that guy I mentioned earlier, El Jordano Diablo. And uh, we would talk about wrestling. And we talked about David Arquette a little bit. And, uh, no. Did you ever see any of Trump's appearances in the wrestling matches? I did. They weren't good. It was a really stupid. Like, oh, obviously. The only good thing was like seeing Stone Cold get to shape Vince McMahon's head. And, uh, yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, we're actually going to be, pretty soon, uploading all the old Attitude Era episodes to this page. Now, Sister Christian has mentioned to me the upcoming Comic-Con. Yeah. Now, we do have every intention of going with you all. We. She said there are going to be several wrestling stars there. Would you care to elaborate? Oh, yeah, I mean... You know, bunch of uh, former WWE talent and stuff. They tend to do the wrestling circuit. Trish Stratus mainly is the one I'd be interested in meeting. Um, Here's a fun little fact: I've met Hulk Hogan before. Before he was racist. <laughs> before that, I was—I mean, I couldn't have been more than four. Yeah. It was in an airport. My family approached him, you know, mom, dad, yeah. two brother brothers besides myself and my weird ass sister. Yeah. He apparently put a hand on my sister's shoulder. Nothing weird, but you know, her being you know my sister, and she was also very young at the time, very small. Yeah. It just put her to her damn knees <laughs> because it was just the Hulk Hogan's his hand just, <laughs> just right on there. Just ah. he just fucking kneel down, brother. Hey, brother, <laughs> how you doing? Now, don't you be dating any black men when you grow up, brother. <laughs> Keep it pure. All right. We had, uh, we had a whole episode where we were talking about Hulk Hogan being a racist. We were talking about how he needs to just come back to WWE in a full-on clan gimmick. Oh. And just have every, every past, present, and future black superstar beat the shit out of him. <laughs> like that uh, Shia LaBeouf thing where he just set up a little room and... But people pay like 20 bucks to come in there and just scream at him or do whatever they want and just yell at him and say whatever they want. He just sat there and took it. Yeah, dude. Shia LaBeouf's, man, he's fucking weird. He got real weird. Like with the whole I'm not famous anything like anymore thing. Yeah, he just needed some money, I guess. Yeah. And then 4chan kept trolling him. Yeah. Well, we're gonna keep eating these sliders, but thank you for joining us on the after-service reception. Oh, and hang on, let me get a couple more mouth sounds in there. Okay. Well, we're, we're getting close to the hour 50 mark. 
So thank you very much for joining. Well, thank you. And um, be sure to join us next week. We'll be eating something entirely different, but still just as annoying. Unless we're poor, and then it's going to be bologna sandwiches. Or ramen. We're still going to shoot for tacos next week. Oh, definitely. Cheese gordita crunch, baby. Oh, yeah. This is Reverend Jess. And this is Deacon Sam. And we'll see you next time. You have a good one. We'll see you next time through the bathroom window.